A long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. Welcome to episode three of the Vercosacast. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. And today we are discussing The Warrior's Apprentice. Yay! I'm excited because... I am too. I really liked this book. I did not like it as much the first time around. And I'm pleased to say that I really enjoyed it the second time. It's super fun. It is. I think it helps when you know the world. Um, Uh And I've spent so many books getting to know Miles. So going back to like the first book with him is like kind of nostalgic. And I'm like, oh, Miles. You're like, baby Miles. You dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you had warned me. You had said that he, you found him insufferable in this book. And so maybe I was just uber prepared (laughs) sort of thing. Um, I didn't particularly find that, but. I still think a little bit of him is insufferable, but I didn't get it as much this time around. So, right. Yes, I'm glad. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And before we go on, I found a Reddit AMA with Lois McMaster Bujold. Um, so you can go there and ask, you know, look at some questions for her. I'll post the link in the show notes. Um, but there was one question that I sent you <laughs> an answer. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I was so excited about this. <laughs> I was like, yes. Can you just tell everyone that? Yes. Um, I wonder if I can pull that up, because if we're talking about it, I feel like we should... Yeah, I'm looking for it now. But it was basically okay. like talking about um, why why the clothes are so important. Um, and of course, now I oh here we go. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Reader, please excuse my dog. That's fine. Some readers I have noticed don't seem to be aware that clothing is a social and cultural language conveying essential information and that text time spent describing it is not filler. Makes me wonder how they process such signals in real life or if they are even aware that they do. Same sort gets remarkably up in the air when I point out that military insignia is jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's something that I think uh, from a from a costuming perspective, you know, obviously that's, that's one of my great loves, but people really miss out on what clothes can tell you about Mm -hmm. a society, about a person, about the class that they're a part of. And even in a nation where we don't have like a caste system, you still understand things about people based on their clothing. Right. That's why you have dress codes at work. Like that's why we can't, that's why we're not allowed to wear jeans to work, even though we complain about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot of these things, because you're signaling to other people, mostly unconsciously, mm-hmm. most people are not sitting down to think about like what constitutes professional. Why does this make you more professional than someone else? You know? Yeah. Um, but, but Bo you have also these six, agrees with this. He does. He does. 
He's just eaten, and so he's having like some sort of a meltdown. Oh no! <laughs> you know they get the zoomies. Yes, and and his mostly consists of uh, bringing me various toys and tennis balls, and you know all you know that. Good how, stuff. You know who else gets the zoomies? Miles. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> Um, there's one. I should have named this dog Miles. It would have been really no, appropriate. No, then then it would be uh that that would be just asking for it. Yep. <laughs> um that's true. He's already, you know, he already has his own problems. He doesn't need any He doesn't need Miles's problems. <laughs> no. No. I think that was um, one of my favorite parts of this book was when they were like, "Oh my god, is he always this way?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um he does sort of uh, Miles not Bo. He does sort of uh he just goes on at like he just keeps going mm-hmm. and he never stops and he never shuts up. That that and he's worse when he's on fast penta, which is <laughs> I, I haven't gotten that I'm, far yet. <laughs> I'm so excited for the first pa- fast penta scene in Brothers in Arms. It's so great. Oh, he that's he literally he recites the entirety of Hamlet. <laughs> what? Yes. That's great. <laughs> I was actually just complaining about Hamlet earlier this evening. <laughs> oh, um, that's funny. Yeah, it is my least favorite of the Shakespeare's. But that's a different podcast. That is a different Robin podcast. Robin talking about Shakespeare is a very different podcast. <laughs> I bet I can find someone to do a podcast with you about Shakespeare. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I, I'm always happy to talk acting and uh, <laughs> Shakespeare and performing and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, if, we, if anybody wants to... We'll read through Shakespeare's collected works and talk about them and how much and now, I hate Hamlet. And now this is totally random because it does not deal with any of this. But now I have to ask, did you ever watch that Michael Fassbender version of Macbeth? I didn't. And it was on my list of things to do. It's on um, Amazon, I think. Prime. I'm I'm going to have to track it down because I've seen and performed in so many mm-hmm. versions that... And it's always been one of the ones I really enjoyed. Like, I understand Macbeth and I understand Lady Macbeth and, you know, like, I get all of that. Hamlet was never so like, (laughs) no matter how many times people tried to explain Hamlet's motivations to me, I was like, yeah, I just don't care. (laughs) Sorry. But so, yeah, I'll have to track down um, sexy Michael Fassbender as, Mm -hmm. uh, as Macbeth. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so now that we've completely <laughs> diverged into, you know, I'm sure we could draw some sort of parallel with the literature and uh Oh, I'm I, sure I we know. could. I'm sure we could. Um but let's talk about the Warrior's Apprentice. Yes, the book we're actually talking about today. Did you like my segue? I yeah, did. It was, good. it was good. It was excellent. Um, so Warrior's Apprentice was first published in 1986. It does not feel that old to me. It feels really contemporary. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's the second full-length novel in publication order. Um, so it comes after Shards of Honor and the third in chronological order, which I still don't understand how all, like how she wrote all that. And I'm going to say that every time. Agreed. We, we do this. So the first two books, we've been focused on Cordelia and Errol, and now we've swapped to Miles. Yes, and it 
is really cool to see the influences of Miles, of Cordelia and Errol in Miles. Yes. Also Piotr, um, also Ilion, and just, you know. I love Ilion. And Bathory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and uh, when I first read the book, I think part of the problem is, is I didn't know what to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Like the title made me think like it was going to be like a military story, like Miles in military school. And, right. um, and you know, you read the first scene and he flunks out of military school. Right. Right from the get go. You're like, oh, well, that's okay. Yep. That's not what's happening here. Yeah. So I and I kept thinking like. Who is, like, who is he being apprenticed to? Like, I thought it was going to be kind of like a journey with him and then, oh, Bathari, I guess. But it it really isn't. And I I think that was one of the reasons I had a problem with the book was I didn't really get the the point of it. I mean, I got the point of it. You mean the first time around? Yeah. Like, Miles trying to prove himself. Like, I get that point. But then there's, like just specifically like what i would you would say this book is about um it wasn't until i read something and i can't remember if it was in an interview or just an article where they talked about the title of the book and how it was a riff off of the sorcerer's apprentice Mm -hmm. and then everything just clicked and i was like like, oh because i get it so it's not necessarily that miles is like learning from one specific person like i actually feel like a better title of the book would be warriors plural apprentice like instead Mm. of like instead of possessive like like yeah like a singular warrior possessive but like possessive for the plural you know like right because he's learning from all of the warriors of berear but you know you, you, we all know the the Sorcerer's Apprentice cartoon from Fantasia. Where I'm singing it in my head yeah. right now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> where where Mickey is, you know, trying to be the sorcerer, and he's cleaning too many brooms, cleaning the the basement or whatever, and it's and it you know becomes a flood, and he's in over his head, and then the the sorcerer Yen Sid comes down and cleans everything up for him, and yep. I was like. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much this book. <laughs> Except Miles does kind of fix things at the Mickey. end. Yeah, like he, he comes up with the idea to fix everything at the end. Right. But he needs help doing that from, you know, his dad and Gregor. But um, yeah, so I was like, well, oh, we okay. all as young people need a little bit of help. Yes. And fixing my, things. And so... That brings up a good point. Miles is 17 in this book. He does not Which I didn't realize. 17. No. I didn't realize that until somebody said something about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, oh, this poor child. Yeah. And like, oh my God, he is a baby. He has no idea. No wonder all of like the physical ailments he has going on later in the book. No wonder. Right. And that's, I He's think, stressed the, out. And that's one of the reasons I think I was so um i found him insufferable was because i was so focused on how young he was Mm -hmm. and i was just like oh my god like imagining the 17 year old kid 
like pretending to be an admiral and i'm like like who do you think you are and then as i'm reading it the second time I'm yeah exactly (laughs) but then as i'm reading it through the second time i'm like oh he he doesn't he realizes he has no idea what's going on and right he he keeps you know just sitting there going "Mm mm-hmm Mm, yeah that mm-hmm. those are yeah what do you what mm-hmm. do you think what do you think uh <laughs> lieutenant thorn and what do, what do you think uh major tongue and it's like yep um so but i i still am and and he put there they they make a point to say that his age it's very hard to pinpoint his age because he you know he looks he's short so everyone thinks he's young but his face and his body look old because of all right. the surgeries he's gone through and everything so um like i i just it's um it's it would be really easy to point at this book and say it's ya because the protagonist is 17 um, but I think this is one of those books you can use to say that the age of the protagonist doesn't necessarily denote the genre or the, the, mm. cat- the category, not the genre, because like another one would be Ender's Game. Like Ender is a child, but it's not a children's book. But it's not a children's it's book. It's not middle grade. It's not young adult. It's, no. It's a adult science fiction. And same with this one. And I think it's really hard to do that to write a book with a young protagonist and have it not at be middle grade you know or or ya and so i appreciate what she does here yep yeah it doesn't feel too young it Mm -hmm. it 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 doesn't have any of that sense and it doesn't really pull any punches about things either and granted like you know i'm you know there's that's not to say anything against ya because there's a lot of ya books that i love i went through a period where that's about all i read so but i think it also helps that um you know besides miles elena is the only other younger character and um everyone else is older so you know it it definitely doesn't come across as a typical like YA coming of age mm-hmm. story. Like I just read um Defy the Stars by Claudia Gray, which is really mm-hmm. good. But you know, the the protagonist is I think 17-ish, and like the other protagonist is a robot, but he's designed to look 17-ish. So right. <laughs> you know, and everyone else like in the book is pretty much young as well. So anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, I really liked it the second time around. I think originally I gave it like three stars and it was actually like lowest on my list of books for a while, but like it, it jumped up to four and like it's it's ahead of several other books right now. Um, I'm certainly ahead of Cedaganda for me. <laughs> yes. I'm having such a hard time with that book. Oh I'm, my God. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I know I just have to get through it. Yes. Just got to get through it. You, if um, when you get through it, you will get to Miles and Ivan having hijinks on Earth. So there's oh, your motivation. Nessie, that's it's worth it then. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, <laughs> but I just have to. I, I usually I've been listening to all of these while I'm doing events, right? Um, and it's really easy for me to just if I'm in the studio by myself, it's super easy for me to turn on a book and just work and listen because my job is does not require a whole lot of thought mm-hmm. um but 
I just, I don't know. I did it the other day. I I got about halfway through Cetaganda and that's as much as I could manage. <laughs> I'm sorry. But I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. So my plan is to listen to it <laughs> while I'm on the plane. Yeah. That's my plan. Anyway. All right. So I liked <laughs> this book so much yeah. better than I like that book. Yes. Um. So yeah, I... We talked a little bit about on the last po- – well, a lot about on the last podcast <laughs> about how Brayar was written after The Warrior's Apprentice, but it ref- it contains so many events that are referenced in The Warrior's Apprentice that it's hard to imagine they were not written in order. And yes. when I read this book, I was like – Oh shit! We were we were talking about that, and I, we need to revisit that conversation because there were some <laughs> scenes in this book, and I was like, "She hadn't written that yet." How? What the? Yep. And like, and it how? Ne- how? It never comes across as retconny. Like, Mm-mm. like I'm gonna go back and retcon this. Like, Miles is literally talking about the soul toxin attack, and like the the Vorhalis. Bro- the brothers the and, brothers and right. like these really intricate events that happen like it's not just like oh yes i was poisoned when my mother was pregnant like uh, no it's really detailed yeah and the reference i thought of immediately was in uh heir to the empire when thrawn you know mentions the outbound flight mission and that's how uh-huh. he knew that this Jedi Master was not the original, was, was a clone because he had destroyed the mission with the original Jedi Master. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's all that we knew. Like there was just one throwaway line. And then many years later, Timothy Zahn came back and wrote Outbound Flight, Outbound Flight based on those, that little bit of exposition. So he didn't have to worry about contradicting himself. But here yep. it's like, no, she goes into detail about things that happened. And so she obviously, in her mind, had built that story. Right. You know. And I'm just like, I, I, I understand why she didn't write it right away because she, you know, she hadn't sold the book. So she was <laughs> right. like, I, I, I'll write, I'll write books that are, you know, that you can come into. And, um, you know, she wrote Warrior's Apprentice because it's the first Miles book. And it makes right. sense. Um, but... And then, you know, looking through, um, like, the publication order with Barayar was, like, I think 91 or 92, I think. I can't remember. I don't so, remember. So, like, it was several years went by until she went back and wrote Barayar. And rewrote, or not rewrote, but... Finally yeah. wrote that story, and I'm, like, I'm wondering, like, what was the impetus to do that? And why not just do it right do away? It in order? And not... Go ahead to Brothers in Arms. <laughs> if but, only we had been on the AMA. I know, right? <laughs> can you can you explain to us what you were thinking uh, 20 some odd years ago? Yeah, 30 years please, ago? That, that would be great. Yeah, it was 86. <laughs> so yeah, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so there, there's, um, there's a lot of ways that this book is like a direct sequel to Shards of Honor. Basically everything to do with Bathari. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also, t- you know, references Berear because basically all the stuff with Piotr 
in Miles happens in Briar, you know, because you don't get the whole relationship and that Piotr tried to, you know, murder him, murder him which which Miles doesn't know about. No, <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think Miles ever realizes that he he was never allowed to be alone with his grandfather ever. Like, he was never alone in a room with his grandfather. Bathari was always there. And I don't I don't know if Miles ever realized that or if he just thought, you know, oh, yeah, Bathari is everywhere I go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he he needed a bodyguard because of his um, disability, you know, especially when he was younger and couldn't walk. But, you know, as he got older, like, I guess it never occurred to him like, oh, my friends don't have bodyguards. I wonder why. Oh, it's because your grandfather tried to kill you. Tried Miles. to murder you. Um, <laughs> Poor Miles. You know, interestingly, when you are an important personage, you also just have bodyguards. Right. Like, I don't know if other Vor have them. Well, I don't know that that's ever mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I, I you never really get close with other um like high vor like you mm-hmm. that you you meet a lot of lower lower cast vor and like i mean like ivan vorpatrol is you know a pretty important person but he doesn't have a bodyguard um his mother has a driver which i guess you could maybe he's also a bodyguard i don't know right but i um, would think if you're gonna hire you may as well hire double yeah <laughs> i mean but um but most of the other people we run into are either like you know colleagues of errol's or colleagues of miles later on so you you never really get like a day-to-day the only person mm-hmm. you really get day-to-day with is ivan and he's in the military so um you know it you know, you wonder would would Bathari have gone with Miles into military school and like when he was in the military? <laughs> oh my gosh! Because uh, yeah, they didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, what worry would you about do that. about that? Yeah, how would you how would you make that work? Yeah, I guess he might have retired. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Gregor obviously has bodyguards, <laughs> but well. um. Yes, but he's the emperor. <laughs> Many, but yeah, like you don't really see a lot of the counts. Um. So yeah, I I think it might be like specifically just for that family maybe because they were such an important family. Um, right. Um this is a random aside but thinking about bodyguards. Um I went to dinner one time with a very good friend for his birthday and he is English and had gone to school with one of the Saudi Arabian princes. Oh. And his friend the prince and his sister were at this dinner. It was maybe 10 of us there and they went to Oxford together because why wouldn't they? Right. Um, <laughs> and we're trying to figure out the bill and that falls to me in this particular instance. And there are like four extra dinners on this bill that nobody can account for. <laughs> and I'm racking my brain trying to figure out what, because you know then people had been drinking and nobody quite remembered exactly what was happening. You know how it goes. Um, and the friend finally goes, oh, wait, it's my guys, and points to a table in the back. And there are, I don't know how we didn't notice them, but there are four of the burliest, <laughs> like... They were enormous, clearly armed. And I was like, how did we not notice them? Also, how did you not, you know that they're here with you. 
How yeah. did you not go, oh yeah, those four, those, those are my bodyguards. That, Rather than just letting me spend half an hour being like, where are these four extra meals coming from? Yeah. Um, That's so, yeah. funny. How do you not remember that you have four bodyguards with you? Right. Anyway, that's my story <laughs> that's, about bodyguards and royalty. That's. <laughs> I'm sure there are stories like that in Verkozigan's books, so oh, I'm sure. I have to keep a lookout for them. <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the things I found while reading this book that was fun was foreshadowing for future books, and I'll try mm-hmm. to be as non-specific as possible. Non-spoilery. Um, but... Um, you know, this is the first book where we really get Ivan the idiot. Uh, Ivan, you <laughs> idiot. Where have you been? Uh, which is basically his characterization through Captain Verpatrol's alliance. Um, and then you finally get to really get into Ivan's head, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm actually, you, you've, you've built it up and I'm really looking forward to that. So hopefully yeah. it pays off. Yeah, th- I, I that's a book I need to reread again. The first part I really loved. The second half I wasn't so crazy about, but the first half was just so delightful and has my favorite uh, fanfic trope in it of uh, fake married. So, Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. my God. I love fake married yeah. so much. Yes. I don't know why, but man. It's great. <laughs> yep. Um. They talk, there's the whole scene at the end with the breath masks and um, Komar takes, the planet Komar is um, undergoing terraforming over many years time. And uh, if you go outside of the domes, you have to use breath masks. So, um, and that, you know, comes into play in some of the... uh, Komar, funnily enough. <laughs> and then also Captain Verpatrol's Alliance takes place a little bit on Komar. So that was interesting. And then um, just the, the Dendari in general, like, you know, Miles kind of, le- kind of leaves on a note like, oh, maybe I'll see you again. Um, mm-hmm. And then he does in the next book. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, which I really enjoyed. Yes, me too. Um, and then they mention cryogenic chambers here for the first time and you see those in mirror dance very important in mirror dance uh um also it was you know miles being like oh is the chamber in order and i'm like uh miles if you only knew uh and there's i haven't read it yet but cryoburn deals with uh you know cryogenic freezing so it sounds like it yes right So how about we get down to the nitty gritty of the book? All right, let's do our oral book report. Yes. So I had, I think I divided into four sections. Okay. (laughs) I always end up just dividing it up and I don't know why, but um, so the first part of the book takes place on Berear and there is lots and lots of talking that go on. And I think that's why I, when I read the book again, I started reading it again. I'm like, I really like this book because it's just a lot of talking and you don't have to really understand a lot of crazy no. political intrigue. Nope. <laughs> Not at the beginning anyway. Yeah. Miles fails his Imperial Academy entrance exams. And I do appreciate that he, his like his pride just gets the worst of him. Oh, it takes a serious... Well, yeah, it gets the worst of him and his pride takes a serious beating. And then, like, he immediately 
realizes that he done messed up. Uh huh. <laughs> like he's on the ground and he, like he hasn't even gotten to the ground and he's like, shit. Oh, <laughs> <bruh>. <laughs> and it's one of those moments that where like you like you you make the choice and like in the second after he like jumped off he was like god this was the worst damn idea it, I what ever did had. i do and it like and it <laughs> and just and then all his bones break yeah like every like his both of his legs break and yep. i'm just and like it sounds miserable yeah i'm like miles 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 Ooh. miles 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 <laughs> you dumbass like i i think i texted i don't know no i think i tweeted it where this book can be described as miles no oh no miles. no miles yes <laughs> miles no miles yes yep that is that is a great summary <laughs> um so he goes back to Verkozgan house um and he is sent up to break the news to his grandfather um who is not doing well um and like the morning the day after or that night Piotr dies <laughs> yeah and um they uh they um his his father is is clear to tell him um his father is clear to tell him that uh, I, I'm totally losing my train of thought. Oh, that he'd been sick for a long time. So basically, it wasn't Miles's fault. And he's like, right. and Miles is like, yeah, but I just, you know, but I'm internalizing. It was the this. death knell. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So Piotr dies, and um. So I'm going to uh spoil something for later on in the series. So if you don't want to know, skip ahead like thirty seconds to a minute. Um, so the, the scene when the, the guard wakes Miles up and calls him Lord Verkozigan mm -hmm. and he says, why are you calling, why is this guy calling me by my father's title? And then he realizes, oh shit, what oh, that wait, means. that means. That means my dad is now Count Verkozigan. I am Lord Verkozigan and shit, 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 shit. <laughs> um, which is repeated later on when Errol finally dies, uh, you know that that's how miles finds out his father has died by being called count for Count for again so no. it's i read this and i was like god damn it Louis McMaster Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> she knows what she's doing oh she does um so yeah we're done with the spoilers people if you want to come back <laughs> you can come back to us now um so we meet that uh so we meet elena bathari who is uh Bathari's daughter. Daughter. Um, we met her as a baby in Borear, and she's now uh, 18. She pretty much, um, I mean, she grew up with her foster mother, mother Mistress Hyposi, um, but she spent a lot of time with Miles growing up because, you know, Cordelia invited her to come to the summer house at the lake and they kind of became besties um but miles is a heterosexual teenage boy who wants to be more than besties with her and i that was mm -hmm. one of the biggest issues i had with miles in this book and and sadly sadly this doesn't go away for a while <laughs> no he carries a torch for her for a long time and i'm like miles stop stop being a creeper stop it 
unfortunately, Miles is kind of a creeper. Like, that's, that, <laughs> it stays with him forever. Like, I'm sorry, Miles, do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this book, I haven't gotten, you know, far enough, really. He's still very young. Yeah. Um, I, through it, all the books that I'm... And and that's why I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, by the time he gets older and he meets his future wife, like, he messes things up royally with her, but, like, he treats her very respectfully, at least. And while he's like, oh, my God, this woman is so great. I love her. Like, he does very well at internalizing that and still treating her like like a person. Like a person? Yes. Yes. I well, mean, so he does get better. I mean, when he's 17. Better. Yes. Eh, mm. I, I wish 17 year old boys were, you know, yeah, like super with it and uber respectful. And but they they just haven't gotten that far yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not all. Yeah. Obviously. And to be fair, like he's never outward. He's 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 very rarely outwardly disrespectful to Elena. Like there's really, Oh no, he's just super awkward. Yeah. There's really only one time when he like mentions how like women shouldn't be in combat. That's the only part where like, he's really just rude to her, but he gets, um, he learns very quickly that that's not the case. Right. And, and like, he does, you know, respect her and, you know, he steps aside at right. the end of this book. So, but, um, so Miles is talking to Elena. He crush. he has got a huge crush on her. He's like, wants her to be Lady Vercoz again. Um, and, but she's all like, well, you know, my mother, I don't know who my mother is, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Miles gets this great idea that they can like, find if- her mother. And then she'll marry me. Yes. And so he goes through all of the, uh, breaks all the security clearances, but all of the information about Bathari and Elena is, like, under the highest clearance that he doesn't dare to break. Right. Because it would set off alarms and everyone would know and it would just all be downhill from there. Ilian would come into the room and be angry and you don't want Ilian to come into the room being angry. (laughs) Right. No, no, no. And and the fiction that she's sort of living is that her father adored her mother. Yes. um, But they think that she maybe died on Comar. Is that right? I think Escobar. Yeah. During the war. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they kind of like they kind of narrow it down to her like dying in the war um so they uh they they get this bright idea miles gets this bright idea to go visit his grandmother on beta colony um and you know they all kind of like come together to plan this trip and cordelia's like or i think cordelia in the background says like oh elena should go with you (laughs) right and so you know because it'll be good for her so they 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 all go they all decide to go to beta colony and um but before then we get a discussion with miles and ivan and this is really the first time we get you know, to meet Ivan and see their friendship and, you know, contrast it to Miles and Elena, <laughs> uh, which is very funny. Yeah. Um, so, like, my, yeah, Ivan is basically like Miles' long suffering friend. <laughs> and I think Miles would say he is Ivan's long suffering friend. Yeah. friend. They, yep. are, they are second cousins and 
Ivan is basically Miles' heir until Miles has children. Um, yep. So Ivan has a very vested interest in appearing to be an idiot because he does not want Miles' responsibilities. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also get a really co- lovely conversation with Miles and Errol. Um, I just really love all of the conversations between them. Um, there aren't many of them in the series, but I, I just, I really love all of them. They're, they're very great. (laughs) Yeah. I do like their relationship a lot. Yeah. It's very, it's very respectful. I like that they're both cognizant of what being a Vore means on Briar. Um, and there's, there's a formality to their relationship that you don't, you know, we don't, see much in american society um and i think that's why it's so interesting but um they you know there is also you know some warm when there is warmth it's very much like you feel like miles like oh my dad you know is proud of me (laughs) yeah yeah um so they go to beta colony by way of Escobar, and they don't find anything on Elena's mother. Right. Um, and then you kind of forget that whole plot. Um, <laughs> which is. Well, it becomes relevant later. It does, but it's very but... purposeful that it's kind of dropped here because it yep. lulls you into forgetting about it until BAM! <laughs> yep. Um, so. Once on Beta Colony, Miles basically gets himself into these situations that are not his responsibility at all, um, have nothing to do with him, but he decides to, uh, you know, help out this pilot officer who's barricaded himself in the spacecraft, and he's like, I'll go up into space and, like, get him out of there, and they're like why and miles is Uh, like why not (laughs) well yeah but i think he's trying to prove himself because he he couldn't prove himself in the army oh he is i mean this whole book is just is him trying to prove himself literally everything he does is to get approval because he feels like his grandfather could never give it clearly um and now he's flunked out of the army, which is the only thing the Vor do. <laughs> uh-huh. Like that's that is their sole purpose. Mm-hmm. And so now this poor kid is rudderless and has no direction in life. Um, so this whole book is about him trying to figure that out, and it does not go particularly well for him. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, my be, you know, Miles can't join the real army, so he creates his own. He makes his own. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so he, um, so Miles gets really drunk <laughs> and decides to buy Ard's ship. Uh, Ard Mayhew is a pilot officer's name uh, by using irradiated land in the Dendari Mountains as collateral, which is just too funny yes so he hires him as a pilot ard swears fealty to miles and miles becomes his liege lord in order to avoid the baton mental health board which we uh got saw some of in berear and seems to have not gotten any better um yeah they were not so nice no those people. no no um 
Then he goes to his grandmother's apartment, um, Grandmother Naismith, who I would just like to have a whole book about Grandmother Naismith. Yes. Like, think about her. She seems cool as hell. Think about her. So she, you know, her daughter was off and, like, became the hero of the Escobar War. And then, like, she comes home and she's trying to be all, like, you know, supportive mom. And, like, they told her these horrible things happened to Cordelia in the war and Cordelia's like, Oh no, it's cool, mom. It's cool. And she's like, uh, but you like this butcher of Kramar guy. And she's like, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And then Cordelia <laughs> just runs away and leaves. And next thing grandmother Naismith knows, uh, Cordelia is married to the region of Broyhar. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a big, that's a big leap. Yeah. But she seems to have done, you know, she seems to have come to term with it, terms with it. Oh, yeah. She loves my, she loves Miles. My, and, um, you know, Miles spent a year on Beta Colony going to school. Um, Uh so that, so that was cool. Um, and I, I do find it sad. Um, there is a line later on in, um, I believe it's in a civil campaign (laughs) when, uh, but Cordelia mentions that she's basically seen her mother twice in the past 30 years. And that That is so sad. It is. It makes me really sad. And I'm like, like you forget everything that Cordelia gave up because like, and then you're like, Oh, she hasn't seen her mother. And like, to like 30 years it's yeah it's sad but i i don't i couldn't do that yeah so like yeah i want a book about grandmother naismith like who's who's like what like she's got to be like a hundred by the time this but don't they live quite a long time yeah they live to be like 130 yeah 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 um so yeah also um there's a story that Miles tells, or he doesn't tell, but um, when the story about Bathari keeping him from killing himself, mm. that's really mm-hmm. hard to read. That's uh, a rough one. Like, and so he says that the th- sergeant saved his life twice, and I'm trying to figure out when they were, because obviously the first one is when they rescued the Uden replicator. Yes. From Verdarian. Um, and then he he thinks back to uh, he had this affair with this Baton woman and it, you know, didn't end well. And like basically it sunk in, it sunk him into a huge depression um, and Bathari caught him with a knife and wrestled it out of him and then like just held him while Miles cried. Uh, and then they never talked about they never spoke about it ever never again, about which it is again. such a yep. guy thing to do. Such yep. a Brerian thing to do. Yep. Um, but so he's like Miles, like Miles is thinking that's the, the third private time that no one knows about. And then I'm like, but what was the second? I couldn't ever figure it out. What was the second time? and i'm like what's that story because like i i i don't yeah i i I don't know if i missed that if i missed that readers anywhere please tell us or if it's just something that we never actually saw let me know just because i'm trying to think now yeah but anyway i got nothing yeah but anyway so he goes to his grandmother's house and she's like Oh, um, can you help the this night guy? Uh, there's someone here that, that or 
they're they're trying to get him out of the recycling place <laughs> and they're like miles is like uh sure uh, okay so he goes there and there's this guy baz jessic who is a deserter from the Bayern military and he can't go back because they will kill you um and he doesn't want to like go to get his like card and get shelter and like go to bait and therapy he's like no you guys are crazy <laughs> just let me hide out here i just want to hide in the recycling yeah so um then he decides to swear him as an armsman so he doesn't uh have to like go through any of the bait and stuff and he won't get in trouble so now miles is miles has two armsmen uh, and he's not even 18 and we're not even like a third of the way through the book yet yeah and he has a ship um and he needs to pay for it so he's like okay gotta well, get some cargo i'm gonna get some cargo now miles Rakozigan doesn't do things by halves <laughs> so he doesn't just get a simple cargo he decides oh wait we need money really quick um we're gonna get this cargo which is offering a lot of money and because they're they're smuggling weapons yep <laughs> to a to a military a planet that's at war between two countries on the planet they're gonna run the blockade with this guy named dom and i'm like Miles. yeah this this whole part on beta colony i'm just like Child, you, you you could have avoided all of this by just not doing anything, just sitting there, <laughs> just sitting there and waiting while Bathari got searched. That's all but you that's, need to do. But that's not who Miles Verkoskin is. It is not is. who Miles Verkoskin is. So, um, yeah, they uh they get the cargo and they go off to um the the see i have i have read this book and i totally forget who they're delivering it to the felicians i believe i think that's right yeah it's felice the felicians and the pelians are the two different sides and the pelians are the yes because the pelians are the ones that they end up have the blockade yes yeah okay so um the before we go ahead, there's one line that made me laugh so hard. Uh, Miles says, it's never too late while you're breathing. And I'm like, <laughs> Miles, <laughs> Miles, <laughs> you're going to die in the middle of a horrible thing. And that's foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, I, I can laugh because it's it's fine. He's he's fine. He's fine. Sort of. There are a lot more books. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Mile, they they go on this journey, and uh, they they go they get stopped by like a blockade, and they're doing okay. Um, they they say the um the Osirans, those are the 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 mercenaries that have been hired by the Pelians. Uh, the Osirans board their ship. And they're they're doing all right until they say, you know, they're going to have to take the pilot officer to uh, as like basically a hostage, you know, mm -hmm. so they don't leave. And um, then they decide, oh, no, we'll take her instead, meaning Elena. And, and everything Miles goes is like, to hell. Yep. <laughs> like Miles yep. literally is like, Sergeant do your thing 
and he does. Yep. Um, There's much carnage. There is much carnage. They take over. They 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 overpower the border the borders, and then they take over their ship, which is called the Ariel. Um, we meet Austin, uh, Bell Thorne, and Ellie Quinn, who uh, Thorne and Ellie become uh, major characters throughout the series. And uh, there is a really terrible scene that I cringe the entire way through every time I've read it. And I bet you can figure out which one I'm referring to. I maybe I've blocked it out because I'm oh. sort of like, I don't remember. When Bathari quote unquote questions the pilot officer for oh, the code. Oh, yes. Oh, ooh. Yeah, he questions Ooh. questions him for the codes and tears out his, his implant. Jump. Yeah, I can't. Implants. Every time I read that, it is awful. And it's horrifying. It's horrifying, and like everyone is horrified by it. Miles is horrified by it. Miles is horrified that he ordered him to do it. Um, and it's just like. I really, and that's the first death that Miles has to be responsible for. Yes, and I am. That's a that's a big weight at seventeen. Uh, yeah, and I am really, really um, appreciative that Lois McMaster Brujol doesn't shy away from having her characters do terrible things, and like these are characters that we're supposed to like be on their side. Like Bathory yep. isn't the villain. Like he's Miles's bodyguard, like, uh, and and you definitely root for him in many ways. Yeah, and but the other characters also don't shy away in calling out that he's weird and crazy and psycho. Yep. Um So yeah, he's such a complicated character, and I'm like, I don't like him, but geez, if he's not fascinating. <laughs> yep. Oh. I feel sort of I, I I feel sort of sorry for Bathory. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Oh, I, I, there was a lot of this. It was the way that he is. He may have been that way a little bit to start with, right? Like he has some some mental trouble. Yeah. But the war that he's been been through and yeah. what people put him through because he could compartmentalize appropriately yeah what people put him through ended up making it significantly worse oh yeah than it would have been yeah. in any other yeah you know so i feel i feel sorry for him yeah so they so um they basically take over the ship they've got like 30 people now i think um, I can't remember how many exactly are on the aerial, but then they um, they decide they they end up taking over the refinery um, station. Uh, they get more mercenaries, and you know they they, they basically uh, play themselves off as being the Dendari mercenaries, um, yep. and fake. Miles fakes up a manual. <laughs> they like they you know, and they're like asking about, well, what's our pay? When do we get paid? And Miles is like, 
Uh, we'll get you uh, a pamphlet. <laughs> hold on, let the, we'll we'll get that to you. Talk to HR. And this is just him, like realizing, oh my god, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know that he stops to think that long about it. Oh yeah. So um, they end up taking over another ship, which is Admiral Tongue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Admiral or is it Commodore. I can't remember, but um, uh, yeah, I, I that's a good question. I should look it up because I know I know at some point he's Admiral um, Tongue. Let me see. I'm looking it up. <sighs> Come on, why is my? I hate when the Kindle takes so long. But anyway, they take over his ship, the Triumph, um, which which is a really through a really good move by. Ard Mayhew. <laughs> True. But then but then they end up damaging the, the cargo ship, which is sad because that's the only one Ard could fly, could fly. through wormholes. Yep. Um poor Ard. Yeah. Oh, this uh Belf says to him, hold your tongue, tongue, which is he's like, I always, if you knew how many years <laughs> I've been waiting to say been that. Waiting to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh Captain, Captain Tongue captain tongue is oh, his so his... he's he's a lowly captain <laughs> yeah miles is an admiral admiral <laughs> um so uh they take over his ship the over tongue ship and tongue uh tongue uh escapes but then ends up coming back and he's like yeah i'll i i like you kid i'll work for you <laughs> and miles is like so now miles what? has like a literal mercenary fleet. He does. And um, we've forgotten to mention a very important Berean law called... <laughs> oh, yeah, this for, is important. For Halopolis. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look up what exactly the name well, Vor, ha, her, Vor... While you look that up... Mm-hmm. We can explain it. Yes, you explain Basically, it. Basically, that you can't, as a, if you're going to be Vor, you can't have an army. Right. Other than the Emperor's army, because it's treason to form your own army, which I get. Like, I get it. Right. So and Miles this- now has an entire mercenary army that is his. Yeah. And they, um, and this, this law came about during... The uh, I think it was like the set of Gandon after the set of Gandon occupation. Bo has opinions about this, he really does. There's a he hates thunderstorms and tornadoes, and there's a huge one coming, and so he's just he just can't settle. Poor baby, I apologize to everyone because he's so loud. We understand, (laughs) we don't like them either. No, we we really don't. Vorlopulises. Yeah, that. V-O-R-L-O-U-P-U-L-O-U-S. Verlopolis. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. Verlopolis. Verlopolis. I like it. Verlopolis' law. Um... So yeah, like and and you if you are convicted of that, your your sentence is death by starvation. Yeah. Which does not sound fun. No, you get tied up in the middle of the square, uh, and you uh like right in the middle where the I think Varhotung Castle is, and mm-hmm. uh you get you just they you they just tie up there until away. you die. Yeah. 
It's great. Uh, Sounds like great fun. Great. I mean, it's a really good weight loss program. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, it makes sense because there was this, this Vore, Lord, who, Count, I, it was, he was a Count at the time, who basically, like, um, he, he couldn't um, hire an army, so he hired all of these chefs, quote unquote, and basically, like like use like a thousand of them to like sort of gather up all this land and tear- yeah yep and that's how that came about so yeah so uh that's mentioned Which we're not just going on a tangent it does become important yes and it's mentioned a few times but again like the whole thing with elena's mom it's like mentioned but then miles doesn't dwell on it and then it's right it's sort just sort of, of in passing or yeah and as yeah. I, as I'm reading it the second time around, I'm like, oh no, Miles, oh, dear. you're doing bad things. <laughs> and of course, he's like, well, I'm not doing this on purpose, so so it's fine. Yeah. Um, as this is all happening, uh, Baz and Elena hook up. Uh, Miles they fall in love. Yeah, Miles interrupts. Uh. Bathari strangling Baz and has to uh, stop him and there's a part when he like puts his hand on Bathari's uh, like he puts his hand on Bathari's arm and he says like it's the something like he had the feeling this was the most dangerous thing he'd ever done in his life <laughs> and I really loved that line <laughs> yep um and yeah, like Miles has to like calm him down basically, and like they ask for his blessing, and he's like, "Ugh, <laughs> fine." Yeah, uh. and then he has this conversation with Bathari, which is total foreshadowing, but you don't know realize it. it at the time. Where he's like basically saying, "If something happens to me, please make sure Elena is taken care of. She needs to have a proper Baba. She needs to have a proper officer. Um, you know, my lady's promised me burial in the in the plot at the at the Vercos against Rolo. and it's like a very sweet, heartfelt scene. Um, a, a huge contrast to what just happened with Bathari, mm-hmm. but like. At the time, you're kind of like, oh, you know, you don't think anything of it, but you should be thinking, this is total foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, but you, d- I didn't in the moment. Right. And then even when we got to where it is foreshadowing, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, um, that search for Elena's mother comes back to bite us in the ass. Um, yep, real quickly. Um, so uh, Baz and some other people, I think it's Baz and um, I can't remember who else goes, but they go off and break the blockade and they come back with like all of these mercenaries. And he's like, we got recruits. And Miles is like, what? Oh, no. Um, So he's looking (laughs) at all of these personnel files and one of them is Elena Visconti. And he starts to do some research and realizes he, that, oh, shit, she might be Elena's mother. He starts thinking, I can arrange a, a wonderful meeting. reunion and this will be wonderful. Uh, in oh, Miles. Instead, he um, is 
you know, with Elena and Bathari and Elena Visconti knocks on the door and comes in with a needler and is like, this man is a Barrarian ex-soldier. He's a rapist. He's the source of my nightmares for 18 years. And she shoots and kills Bathari. And I was very sad. It's very sad. It is also... um like I think I mentioned this in Shards of Honor that um you know uh Bujol doesn't just let these the past go, you know? Like yeah, Bathari yep. Bathari did a terrible thing and you know, I I usually don't like rape as a plot device. Um I appreciate that sh- it it doesn't it's not just forgotten, you know? It's never brushed mm-hmm. under the rug. He, he has, and he pays for it. He does, and he realize he knows that he has to pay for it. And like the last thing yep. he says is like, "My lady, you are still beautiful." And um, you know, he's Ugh. he dies, and he's like, it's sort of like he's at peace now. Um, and that's even what Errol says later when he when he, when Miles tells him that Bathari died. Um, you know that he he has peace now. Um, but like. It's also like yes, you're you're super sad for Bathari and Elena and Miles because after this, like Elena is like she's lying, like she like th- these Miles, you believe her, and then like at 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 the end of the scene, like she turns to her and it's like mother, and she's like stay away from me, don't and you're touch just me, like look at me, and you're like oh my god, like how awful for Elena, but like how awful for the other elena elena visconti like and she gets to say this man haunted my nightmares for 18 years and you know i appreciate that and you know you don't want her to kill bathari but at the same time you completely understand why like she doesn't know he was brainwashed all she knew was that he tortured her right and and bathari knew that that had to be the way like once it all played out it's sort of poetic like, yeah and i think everyone ended as as horrible as miles takes it he also once he knows what happened is realizes like well like he doesn't punish her he doesn't punish elena visconti and no. he tells he tells everyone it was an accident so yeah and 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 it's very um it's very uh I don't know the word I, I want, but um, you know, she she tells all these stories about Verutier and Serg and Miles later, um, when he is with Gregor and Errol telling them the story, he omits everything about Serg and uh-huh. he kind of makes eye contact with Errol and Errol is like Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Great. We've been trying to cover that up for 20 years. Yes. So like, good. Thanks. Good job. <laughs> Unfortunately, as we'll find out in the next book, Gregor does end up finding out what an asshole his father was. But for now, Miles, Miles did good by keeping that. Yeah. It's his safe for now. Yeah. But yeah, so Miles, so Bathari dies. It's very sad. Uh, Miles goes catatonic, um, and Elena comes in and is like, "Shape the f up, <laughs> get up, 
we have to do the thing. We've got all of these people that now depend on you. Yeah. So get up and get moving. And Miles, like, and, and like, she has just shut down. And I'm like, oh, girl, you are me. Because <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> um, and uh, so he he gets this idea during a staff meeting like he finally goes in and like he gets on the table and he's like we're gonna hit them in the payroll (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna hit them where it hurts yeah so they like go see all this money both physically and like in the bank and he is finally gonna go on this boarding action they finally have uh, have a space armor small enough for him and he's getting ready to go and oh he's gonna do the thing and be the warrior and then he starts coughing up blood and that's never good and the whole thing he's been ignoring his stomach pains for a while um thinking oh i'm just worried i'm just nervous uh no he's got a bleeding ulcer yep um and wakes up sometime later and uh yeah (laughs) they've replaced his stomach yeah pretty much um which gosh sometimes i wish we had that technology yeah yeah right yep so um so the last path a part of the book is basically where all of the conspiracy on Borear comes to a head and you realize that, oh shit, this is bad. Uh, so Ivan Verpatchel shows up and Miles is like, if I have these awesome sedatives and hallucinogenics, why am I hallucinating you? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that was a really good, I enjoyed that interaction. Yeah. So he shows up, um, he tells this really long story where he went to Beta Colony, he ended up missing the the ship with um, the, the, the captain who he went out there with, because they were basically sent by Admiral Hessman to go find Miles. And he was supposed to, like, meet up with the rest of the crew the following morning and go, and oh, he was with a lady, so he missed the flight. So he missed the flight. And he's like, well, wait, they're not here yet? They left the day before me. What ha- What's going on? And then he realized, oh, wait. This is no what's happening. This is Something's not good. Something's going on here. Ivan, it's a good thing you are uh both horny and dumb <laughs> and an idiot. You're a horny idiot. <laughs> uh, so they Miles realizes that Ivan was meant to be killed along with the rest of the fast courier crew because then Miles wouldn't get the news that all of this stuff is going on back home and he's being accused of treason with the intent to usurp the throne. <laughs> Uh, which sounds like a really bad, a really bad accusation, but he realizes it's actually good because he has no intent to usurp the throne, and that's the thing they have to prove. Right. Yep. So, so um, Admiral Oser shows up, and they're like, "Oh no, this is going to be bad." And he's like, "No, I want to join you too. <laughs> they weren't going to pay me." <laughs> and so now Miles has. I, I not just a couple, 
not just a few ships, but like a truly full fleet of ships that a, he is admiral yes, of. Yes, yes. Like a legit mercenary fleet. And yep. everyone thinks he's Admiral Naismith. Uh, and yeah, so he realizes he, he has to go back uh, to Berear. He can, he can mm-hmm. finally go back like through the blockade. Um, Baz takes over for him. Elena stays. She wants nothing to do with Berear ever again. Um, it's a long time until Elena goes back to Berear. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yep, you haven't. Uh, <laughs> and um, they, they, he gives them their blessing to uh, get married, which was very nice. And he, he's, he plays the Baba for them, and it's, it's, cute. and it was really cute. Yeah, like I, I will say, like I do appreciate that he steps aside and he's like. Yeah, okay, I'm never gonna be with her, sure, fine, whatever. And, like, Elena's story is really interesting, and I wish we got to have her POV. Like, I know why we don't, but, like, I really would love a book from Elena's POV, but... Yeah. Alas. (laughs) Um, So Miles returns to Beta with Ivan and Ellie Quinn, who was injured previously, like, basically her face was her, burned her off. Her face was gone. And she's going to get a new face. Um Ellie is uh becomes in a very important character. She uh she is in Ethan of Athos. Um, okay. Which we haven't read. I I actually started reading like the beginning of it, like the the Kindle sample and I'm like mm-hmm. I might have to read this book actually. <laughs> but um Ellie is like basically Miles the second in command slash bodyguard in the Dendari, and they end up getting together and being a thing. And really, yes, yes, interesting. Yeah, so like all the stuff when he's like brought her back to Brayer, and she like so her like beating that guy up. I'm like, up oh, foreshadowing, and then like <laughs> him like being on like giving her the money for like the the combat pay and like mm-hmm. you know her, give you know pro- fulfilling his promise to give her a new face i'm like oh this is cute knowing what happens with you guys it's like the worst meat cute ever yeah it is oh um, you don't have a face it's fine yeah and like <laughs> it's actually there's there's um so the later on um the next book that you're going to read, Brothers in Arms, is where they they kind of get together. But, like, mm-hmm. Ellie has a beautiful face. She is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Because, of course, if you get your face burned off, you're going to get the most gorgeous face you can as <laughs> right. a yep. replacement. Yep. Um, And there is a scene when they're in combat. Um, I can't remember what book it is. I want to say it's Mirror Dance. When... Um, she there's like a plasma arc that goes off near her and she like freaks out and starts like patting her face and she's like oh my god oh my god oh my god and then she like poor girl it is like it is so sad (laughs) poor baby yeah so like it was it was interesting because it took me a really long time to read uh warrior's apprentice the first time around Mm -hmm. so this time when i read it i'm like oh ellie (laughs) and like oh bill thorne (laughs) right because Belle shows up, uh, Bella's in the. I, I can't remember if Bella's in War Game or not, but Belle, Belle comes back yes. and is in. Yes, because all I the have books encountered. 
I have encountered this character. And Belle does have a crush on Miles, and that does Big not time. go away. Oh, <laughs> That's adorable. Yes, also kind of awkward for Miles. Well, yeah. Being that he's heterosexual, but he's also kind of intrigued by it, so I don't know if he's fully heterosexual, and he's just... Well, in his denial. mother is Baton. Yeah, his mother so is Baton. You know, there's a spec. It's all on a spectrum. Yes, as as we've talked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So you know, he might just be like, "Well, that's very interesting. Tell yeah. me more." Yeah. But maybe let's not do anything about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So. So. Uh. So yeah. He 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 decides he's going to um show up during the Council of Counts session where they are... Because, let's be real, Miles is dramatic. He's so dramatic. <laughs> um, the, this is yeah. not the most dramatic Council of Counts session Miles will ever participate in. Oh, well, because this was fairly dramatic. Yeah, it's it's not the most dramatic. And I can't wait for those. Oh, yeah, I know. You you can't wait for it, and I'm not going to tell you a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. Could it possibly be a civil campaign? It is. <laughs> How did I ever guess? I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, not the most dramatic Council of Count session Miles ever participates in, but it is it's very close. Um and uh it's like literally he shows up on the last day and he's like, Oh, yep. my invitation got lost in the mail. <laughs> um oh miles admiral hessman ends up implicating vordrazda under questioning vordrazda draws a loaded needler on hessman then realizes what he's done and turns it a miles then realizes he just drew a lethal weapon in the presence, presence of, the, of emperor. the emperor. The entire like um, council stampedes him, and Ivan gets the first blow. <laughs> yes. And I just want this to be made into a TV show or a movie so we can get this scene. <laughs> I'll work on that this week while I'm it's in LA. It's so good. Like, trying to imagine them all just going... <gasps> You drew a weapon in front of the emperor. Yeah, <laughs> take him down, boys. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like the whole, I I didn't mark it down in the show notes, but the scene with Gregor was really sad. Like Gregor's no, kind of a sad character. Knowing, having read the Vor game mm -hmm. and knowing what Gregor goes through, like Gregor is really struggling to prove himself. Um. Like he's he's twenty two at this point. He's only been mm -hmm. emperor for two years, um, and Errol, he had a really tragic childhood. He had a really tragic childhood. Errol was regent for like fifteen years, so like, and everyone expected Errol to like try to get the throne, and he never did. And so Gregor basically doesn't know who he can trust. Like all these people are trying to like suck up to him and like he he doesn't want to rely on errol because he wants to prove himself but this whole situation kind of makes him realize i have pretty much the greatest military political mind on berear as my 
foster father slash political advisor prime minister i should use him and yep i you know yeah things are still kind of rocky with him during the vor game but like i that's these early books are one of the reasons why gregor becomes one of my favorite characters because it is just so fulfilling to see him become emperor on in his own right and like become super respected and like just like like seeing him here and then comparing him to like there's the scene in memory um that she will love by the way okay like comparing the two of them it's like oh gregor you have come a long way and i am proud of you buddy (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. i'm excited i i as we go on i and you see more and you learn more about gregor i do like him yeah and i am really looking forward to to learning more and more about the growth of his character. Yeah. So Miles uh, is cleared of treason and of Yay! breaking Vorlopolis's law um, thanks to some wonderful um, uh, quick thinking on his part. Uh, he, he's like... Always. He's like, well, you know, like the whole... Um, the whole conversation with him so it's him um henry volvoke who's like one of gregor's closest friends because he's he's a count and he is very uh like he's the closest to gregor's age so they're kind mm-hmm. of friends um him uh him uh errol miles and then count vorhalis and who, as we know, is the Count whose son, um, you know, threw the soul toxin mm-hmm. into the room. And um, he calls for Hollis because um, Verhollis and Errol have been enemies for a long time. But Verhollis is pretty much the most moral person in the Council of Counts. <laughs> so he's like... If, you know, if he will agree to acquit Miles, you know, then um, pretty much, yeah, Any, th- then, anyone then will. Basically everyone will. I know yeah. I'm not playing favorites, basically. Right. And the, the whole conversation with them is really tense and it's so well written because, like, you know Verhollis wants revenge and he's mm-hmm. like i can take your son away from you and you will have to watch him waste away in the square like i had to watch my son be executed publicly and then uh my other son also be executed um but uh he ends up you know agreeing that you no know, miles did not attempt to usurp the throne that um and he agrees with their plan to turn the Dendari over to the uh, over to Imsek. So he's like, "I created this army for you. Here you go, Gregor. Yep. <laughs> Here, have it. It's a it's a present. And they're for like, Ilian will like this. Yep. Um. Also, they don't. I we didn't mention early on, but there we find out that Ilian has an agent in the uh in the Osterin mercenaries mm-hmm. and miles like sends a message with his seal and he's like comply with all our requests and like because he does and he doesn't want to like 
endanger the guy. <laughs> right. But that's how they end up like hitting them in the payroll, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, but that's interesting because, you know, then like Miles ends up going deep cover with them like all the time after mm-hmm. after he's at after he's out of school, which because they're like, all right, well, what are we going to do with you, Miles, to keep you from stopping doing this before? And his dad's like, send him to military school. And Miles is like, oh, really? For real? Everyone else is like, oh, God, really? Do we have to do this? And Miles is like, oh, this is what I wanted. <laughs> the best day of my life. Yeah, now, if you had just not jumped off the freaking thing in the beginning, Miles, none of this would have happened. Right. But then we wouldn't have gotten the Dendari mercenaries, and they stick around for... Let me think. Vorgame, Setaganda, Brothers in Arm, Meridance, Memory. Five books. So... And well, that's several, a good one, then. And several I mean, that's, novellas. They, they have a good run. They do. I mean, and, and, and they stick around after that, but, like, Miles is, you know, Admiral Naismith, and he, like, serves them as Admiral Naismith, and it's it's really funny because, like, he gets all these accolades, and he's pretty much seen combat more than anyone, but no one knows about it because it's all yep. secret. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't have any street cred. Yeah. Like, they, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a fast courier, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um... So, and then there's a cute epilogue where Miles is training with Cadet Costolitz, who was the guy who was giving him crap in the beginning. Which, by the way, we didn't even talk about how mean he was. Like, oh, I guess now we know why uh, Prime Minister Verkozgan never made a bid for the throne, because you're a mutant. And I was like, what the <sighs> hell, you jerk ass? But then, like, you know, Miles, you know, play, you know... Miles saves them from a bad uh a bad run and uh then he's like I guess I'll stay with you cuz you keep from getting injured and dead in all of your training exercises. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is the that is the Warrior's Apprentice. It's a it's, good book. Um- it is a good book. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of space battling. Yeah, there is. Um, which is, I think, the so- most in any of the books that we have. I'm pretty well, so sure. far, if, if, in my reading, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, there's not a lot of super political intrigue. Yeah. Um, and I think she's, this, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I think this is the most military of the books. And sometimes that ter- is a turnoff for me. Not that yeah. I don't like it, but when there's too much of it, I just sort of phase out because I want plot yeah. rather than like space I th- battles. I think it helps that it is very much focused on the characters and like mm-hmm. what is Miles thinking while Alice is going down. Yep. You know, it's very character focused. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking through that if there's any particular characters that – I mean, I really enjoyed the whole thing. And I sort of sped through this one mm-hmm. um, in a good way, in like a, oh, I can't put it down yeah, kind of way. Yes. Not quite like I did with um, Barayar. Right. But um, it's still very good. And I think it's but a it's really – still really good. 
It's a really good introduction to Miles's character. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's a great way to start out with him. Yeah. And there, there are some things that are mentioned in the book that come up later on, and it, it, it does a good job of expanding the world. We get the, our first real um, uh, encounter with wormholes. We get some of some of them in Shards of Honor, but like you get to like f- how how they work um, mm-hmm. with the five space math and the necklin rods and how jump pilots are trained and everything um, and implanted yeah and they are very um they're very um hard to come by jump pilots mm-hmm. <laughs> um so uh actually uh a Katarin who the the future lady for Kozigan, her 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 son wants to be a jump pilot so that's kind of oh. cute yeah all right um we as I said, we uh, have Ellie Quinn. This is her first appearance. She becomes a big character. We get our first mention of the Seta Ganden Gem Fighters, who who mm-hmm. Robin is encountering a lot uh, in <sighs> Seta Ganden. I'm, st- I'm struggling with them. It's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> um, we uh, get a mention of Jackson's Hole, which is mm-hmm. crazy, more so than Seta Ganda. Um, and House Baraputra, which I spelled right the first time in the show notes, and I'm proud of myself uh, for that. That's really impressive. I don't even remember that. So uh, they they become a thing later. So okay. um, that's that's it, it. It jumped out at me because I'm like, oh, oh, right. these guys, these assholes. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and also a little thing that I think is just fascinating and just like how the Barayaran government and the Council of Counts works. Um, when they take the vote to to uh, clear miles of treason, uh, Gregor actually votes. Um, how it, how it, Gregor usually sits? They call it the Imperial Camp Stool, <laughs> where where he sits in in the room. And um, usually like, he'll listen to all the debates. Sometimes he'll bring people in the back to discuss things, as we saw. And um, usually he does not vote. Usually that he abstains. And this is tradition for for Barayar. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they work, and it's sort of like the, the vice president not voting in the Senate except to break a tie. And that's right. pretty much what happens. But here he actually votes uh to clear miles so pretty much everyone has to vote along with him after that <laughs> 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 which is which is interesting and uh i i always i always like how that works there there's some instances where gregor goes to social events as count verbara and not emperor gregor emperor? because it allows him to like socialize with people without all the protocols that go along with being emperor so interesting it's really interesting. it's really fascinating how it works and um it, it makes me wonder i don't know if they ever mentioned this but like when he was because he's been count verbara since he was as long as he's been emperor you know right um so but he, you know, wasn't actually ruling as emperor while Errol was regent. Was he still, like, was he voting in the counts? Was he participating in the council of counts while he was there and not in school? You know, I mean, probably just to learn. And that's but what I, would I was imagine thinking. When you have a regent, usually, 
I mean, I'm just going off of like English history, Mm -hmm. um, but, or general European history. Usually when you have a regent, they do all of the functions of government, all of the functions of that monarch. So I'm wondering if they would just always skip over Count Count Varbara would always abstain in the votes until right it would be until he was until he became a you know he reached the age of majority yeah. and could do his own thing yeah because Errol wasn't Count Vokosigan while well, he was regent he was he didn't he was the regent yeah well he he was Lord Vokosigan because Piotr was still alive right um right also oh, that's that's sticky how do mm. yeah. You can't be in the council of counts if you're not a count. Right. But he could but be as regent, regent. He could right. as regent. Right. Yeah. Because you're you're acting as the yeah. emperor. Because he had to, yeah, because he had to oversee everything in there. So he would have had Gregor's vote. Yeah, that's true. In in the council. That I'm, would have been. Yeah. And I, I, wa- mean, I do wonder, like when they started like consulting gregor on things because like basically like what gregor once gregor are old enough they shipped him off to military school or whatever right briar and prep school (laughs) (laughs) um and then um so what i was wondering is if like when did errol ever start being like all right gregor we okay, have let me vote. learn you some we ha- things. We have this vote coming up. What do you think I should vote for? You know, like instead of like Ooh, yeah. teaching, like because he has to teach Gregor basically how to be emperor. But then, like, when does he start going handing over those duties? Yeah, and, and being like, all right, well, you have you're gonna have to do this in two years, so you tell me what to do, right? <laughs> And I'm sure that Errol did that because that is the kind that of is man who that he is. is. And that's yeah. what and and that's what he does with um with Miles because uh Miles uh so basically so here's jumping ahead to the books, but basically Miles ends up returning to Borear like full time in the book memory. Okay. Um and until then, like he was basically off on his adventures with the Dandari while his mm-hmm. his father was they were still on Brayar. He was prime minister up until that time. Um, he ends up retiring and going to be the viceroy of Sergiar, as we as we mentioned on a previous episode. So <laughs> like basically once that happens, Miles ends up returning to Brayar. <laughs> So that's how Miles is always able to be the star of the show without being overpowered by Errol and Cordelia because they are always on another planet. <laughs> right. They they they're never there. Yeah. So it's fine. But um when once Errol becomes Viceroy of Sergiar, Miles basically becomes his vote in the council. So Miles take Miles isn't Count for Kozigan yet, but he acts as Count for Kozigan. He's like acting count. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Until yep. like and even like there's one point in time when like there's points in time when Errol is on planet for whatever reason and he still cedes his vote to Miles. And it's not even like, okay, Miles, vote this way for me. He's like, Nope, you do what you want. You figure it out, kid. You're, yep. You 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 get the vote. So yep. I Errol Verkos again. He's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, As yeah. is Gregor. 
and uh, Miles is does not fall far from the tree. Uh, I feel like. He does not get as much of Cordelia's logic, too much to Cordelia's chagrin. <laughs> uh, and I just see her shaking her head a lot, Adam. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like she's sort of long-suffering. Also, she's married to oh, Errol, and God, she has yeah. Miles as a child. So. Also, I find it really interesting that Miles refers to his parents as, like, the Count and the Countess. <laughs> like, not mom and dad. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, anything else we need to talk about? I think that's all from me. Mm. Yeah, okay. That was great. Awesome. <laughs> we didn't talk nearly as long this time, guys. No, no. But, but we still talked a while and it was good. Yeah, well, I mean, we could probably keep talking for another two hours. Oh, but. yes, definitely. I actually was thinking today on the... Yeah. Who's this household? <laughs> I was actually um, thinking on the way home today that I think we're going to have to separate our, our civil campaign episode into two. <laughs> I think we're going to have to do we'll two. we'll just keep talking. Yeah, I think. Well, because so they started the tour.com reread, started a mm-hmm. civil campaign last week. Okay. So I was really excited. But like she mentioned today, she's like, I wasn't expecting to only do a chapter per week, but they're really long chapters. And I was thinking to myself, this is it's the longest book and it has the most POVs. It has five points of view and like five different like all these different plot lines going on. And so, it's basically romantic comedy in space. Right. Yeah. So like so that's I, something I'm going to want to talk about at length. Right. So I'm like, I think it's too complicated. Like these, the books are all very complicated, but they, it, the good thing is that they usually have only one point of view. So you're not mm-hmm. talking about all these different things going on. But yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, we're going to have to do at least two episodes for that. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yep. That'll be fun. I can't wait to finally get this. As long as I can get through Cedaganda. <laughs> you um, will. I'm just happy do, it. To do it. Do it. Uh, I'm gonna do it this week. Yay! I'm gonna do it this week. And also, happen. we realized that um, we will be at Dragon Con together in <gasps> August. Yes, we will. And we're gonna record our episode that month in <sighs> together in person. And I won't bring the dog <laughs> unless we're at your house, and then the dog will be there. Right. In which case, we'll have to go somewhere where it's quiet. unfortunately because I live in an old house. Um, it's an old Victorian and uh-huh. not all of the doors latch. Like uh-huh. they all close, yeah. but they have the original latches and they don't all latch closed. And oh. he's figured that out. <laughs> he's a velociraptor. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, they've learned to open doors. Um, he has. So oh. there are very few rooms in the house that are safe. Like you can't just go <laughs> in and like close the door Yeah. because he just comes strolling in like, <laughs> Hey, what's up? up? Yeah, why are you in here by yourself? What are you doing? (laughs) Um, Um, that's cute. Yeah. So anyway, yes, that is all that I have about this book. Yeah, and I was um, really glad I read it again. I was really glad that I found that I liked it a lot more. (laughs) And uh, I have a feeling that's going to happen to all the books, except for maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. I don't know why it's so rough, but man, yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, thanks for joining us for episode three of the Vercozy cast. We are glad you have joined us and uh, join us next month 
as Gregor gets in over his head and Miles is forced to bail out the Emperor of Borear. Bye! The Vercosicast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at NancyPants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward momentum! Momentum!